Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Herd. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Ah, here we go on a Tuesday with lots and lots developing. Live in L.A., it's The Herd, wherever you may be and however you may be listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. One hour from now, Nick Wright stops by gloating because his Kings beat my Warriors. J-Mac joining us. A lot of people think the Warriors, old guys, precipice of falling off the edge. J-Mac, are you (laughs) enjoying soaking, bathing in this erosion of a dynasty? (laughs) Let's not go overboard, but I did tell you yesterday, Warriors are in more trouble than anyone else right now that has a chance to win in the first round. I don't I don't see an easy path to victory for them in Sacramento the rest well, of the Well, you know, anything worthwhile isn't easy. So I never react to Draymond Green news. He got ejected. I roll. Shouldn't have been. Um, he's a defensive catalyst. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. Um, he's the edge the Warriors need. He's the bouncer at the cool nightclub. He's tough. He's relentless. Steve Kerr has told people I know privately his value at practice, his value on the flight, his value off the floor is even bigger than it is on the floor. I take the good with the bad, and I didn't think it was that bad. Sabonis is a pro wrestler writhing in pain. Oh, my gosh. He's always, oh, please. His dad played in the 90s. Sabonis is a tough guy. His dad was a tough guy. He knows what it's all about, and he grabbed Draymond's foot. Every dynasty's got a tough guy. I grew up in the 1970s. Maurice Lucas of the Blazers. Lonnie Shelton of the Sonics once got robbed at gunpoint, grabbed the guy's wrist and broke it and punched him and knocked him out. Michael Cooper of the Lakers. Look it up, by the way. Lambeer, Rodman. Udonis Haslam for the Heat. Every nightclub needs a bouncer. And most teams that win championships and become dynasties have great offensive players. Who's going to be the tough guy? Who's going to be the annoying guy? They do 30 for 30s on New York Knicks teams that never won a title. Why? Because they were artistic, 
Ah, they couldn't shoot. Even John Starks, a guard, couldn't shoot. But Starks was a tough guy. Anthony Mason was a tough guy. Charles Oakley was a tough guy. We do romanticizing about pro sports all the time. You always complain that the NFL is too soft. The quarterbacks can't even get hit. And we wish the NBA used to be like it was. The NBA used to be really damn physical. Draymond's one of the last guy who was an old school NBA player. He is a catalyst. He helps passing. He sets screens. Watch the offense. Watch the offense without Draymond Green. It comes to a halt. Who's setting the screens? Who's putting his butt out in his body? So I don't think, I mean, listen, if you look at what people romanticize about, you give them that. Some people just like to complain. Some people are just miserable. Like, this is what 80s basketball was. Draymond's the last vestige of it, and you're complaining about it. I love him. I think he's great. Yes, he works for my podcast company, but the reason I got him is because he's raw and authentic. By the way, Charles Barkley was an enforcer, and everybody loves Charles Barkley. So here is Draymond after the ejection and the guy he got into a tussle with. My leg got grabbed second time in two nights. Referees just watch it. I got to land my foot somewhere. And I'm not the most flexible person, so it's not stretching that far. I can only step so far and pulling my leg away. So, it is what it is. What was the explanation they gave? I know they gave him a technical, then obviously you... The explanation was I stumped too hard. What happened in that sequence with Draymond? Let's play a basketball. Look at the fans. This is it, you know. We're here to fight, you know, so... Every time we step on the floor, we're going to give everything for, for our teammates and, and the franchise. Do you have any animosity about what happened there? Oh, uh, no, you know, we're both fighting for the rebound. You know, we found each other. Stuff happened. It's basketball. We got to move on next play. By the way, I saw a story this week. You know who LeBron wants on the team and Anthony Davis? They want Draymond Green. Say what you will. When you're 25 years old, you don't understand. Every great team in my childhood, the Sixers had tough guys. The Sonics, the Blazers, the Bulls, the Lakers, the Pistons. You had to have one. It's like in hockey. Somebody has to protect Gretzky. Somebody has to protect the star. In the NBA, you've got to have an annoyance, a guy that's willing to give his body up. Sabonis is a tough guy. I covered his dad. He knows what the game's all about. You complain about the physicality of basketball. How? We're doing romanticizing 30 for 30s on a Knicks team that couldn't shoot. We're not doing it because they were pretty. We're doing it because they were tough. No problem at all. Thought the ejection was silly. Uh, and I, I cannot believe they'd throw him out of the series. That would be reckless by the commissioner. All right, let, let's talk about this. Uh, you know, I, I've said before, and I've been saying this all season, I don't trust the Sixers. I know they're good, but after Embiid, who do I really trust? Well, playoff James Harden has surfaced through two games, 32% shooting, 15 a game, four and a half turnovers, zero free throws. This is why I don't trust him. Everybody always bangs on Paul George. Oh, playoff Paul. If playoff Paul has a bad shooting night, you get his defense and his rebounding and his length. If Harden has a bad shooting night, I don't even want to get into his defense. On his good night, he doesn't play it. Zero free throws in two games. Because as we've said for years, I think I was one of the first on this, you don't get the whistle in the playoffs. And so he's not as effective. And that's also coupled with this fact. Harden has always been a nightclub guy, a late night guy, not as committed guy. He's got an in and out of shape guy. That's fine. 
But look at how fast he has eroded over the last four years. He has fallen off a cliff. There's a reason LeBron ages well and Brady ages well. Brady won't drink a beer in the season. Brady and LeBron take meticulous care of their body. James Harden never has. We've seen him in and out of shape. Literally, for our radio audience, he's gone from 47.8% shooting to 47 to 40 in this year, 32. He's gone from uh, uh, 29 a game to 20 a game to 18 to this year, 5. His turnovers have gone from 3.8 to 3 to 4.2 to 4.5. He's aging really, really quickly. You bang on Paul George. He's a layered player. If Paul's not shooting well, and he often does in the playoffs, but if he doesn't, I get a lot of things. And the other thing is, with the Sixers, I love having a star. I love having Steph, but what's hurting the Warriors is Jordan Poole's giving them nothing. Wiggins is back off a two-month hiatus. Klay Thompson wasn't very good last night. I love a star, but do you trust Maxie for the Sixers? He's 22. You know I don't trust Harden. Tobias Harris. Some nights he's great, some nights he disappears. So this team, James Harden now, is a glorified role player with a shoe deal and lots of fashion. That's fine. That's okay. But if you're thinking he's going to be a number two in the playoffs, it's not happening. That's just not what he is anymore. And at this point, if you're relying on Harden in the postseason, shame on you. He's not a layered player. Even Westbrook, who I'm critical of, still brings relentless energy. Westbrook's in impeccable shape. Westbrook is a is a walking Red Bull, as I said yesterday. He, the other night, he couldn't hit anything. Three for 19. His rebounding, his ability to uh, go vertically, uh, bang around with bigger players, guard KD. Westbrook showed layers and layers that he can offer the team when he's not shooting well. So, you know, Charles Barkley, I know that he led the league in assists, but before the game, Charles Barkley, as he often does, nailed it. Listen, man, this is, they, the Sixers, there's so much pressure on that team right now. And James is the second best player on the team. They're not paying him to lead the league in assists. What? They're not. Why no. not? They're not. Kenny's They're coming. not. That's right. Assists are nice. Rebounding, defense, score the ball. Assists are great. All right. And Chris Paul get you assists. Why the Suns lose game one? Chris's offense vanished you got to score points. These are the best players, the best coaches, the best schemes, the best defenses. I need points. Jason Tatum can give me 11 assists. You know what I'm going to need in the playoff series against Milwaukee? He's got to score 40 twice. If he scored 40 twice and had no assists, I'll sign up for it now. If he never scores over 30 but has double-digit assists, no thanks. Let Jalen pass. Let Marcus pass. Let let Al Horford pass. Stars got to score points because their stars are scoring points. You got to make sure somebody besides Embiid can score points. All right. <clears throat> now, now the question becomes on the Warriors, and I've got a comp here. Are we watching the end of a dynasty? And we just watched this with the Patriots, and there are some similarities between the two. You know, J Mac loves this because he just thinks Sacramento, the cat's meow, a bunch of kids out there. But I will give them one compliment that nobody's talking about. They do deserve one big compliment. Not giving it away yet. Just one? <laughs> De'Aaron Fox is good, but we know that. We, we know who can play and who can't. De'Aaron Fox, is, he led the NBA in fourth quarter scoring for guards. We know he's a great player. You know what I really like about the Kings, Colin? Have you noticed they're the opposite of the Warriors? In the fourth quarter, what do they do? They pound you into submission in the paint. 
They don't shoot a billion three-pointers. They're kind of the antithesis of the current NBA. We're driving into the lane. We're scoring high-percentage shots. And we're scoring all the time. We're getting to the foul line. Warriors settling for a lot of threes. It's be nice it, if it's somebody a crazy could help. Series. If somebody could help Steph. Oh, you mean like Draymond Green defensively? Oh, he was ejected for stomping on someone. Jordan Poole literally hurts the team. He has been bad. Yeah, Clay Thompson has not been good. I mean, Jordan Poole hurts the team. They're getting bullied Can in the lane. Can you trade Colin? people between game two and three of a series? Oh, let's settle down. Jordan Poole going home will be fine. Role players, they excel at home. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, good to have you back in. Um, So, big picture on the Warriors our reigning NBA dynasty the last nine years, right? Nine, nine, ten years. You can look at it glass half full, they're okay, or glass half empty, they're in trouble. Let's look at glass half full. They just inserted Peyton and Wiggins into the lineup a couple days ago, a couple games ago. They're a little choppy, a little out of rhythm offensively. Give them another couple days, let them go back home. Also, Sacramento's a tough place to play. They've been in both these games with two minute and a half to go. Uh, the Warriors' defense, you could look at it this way, is holding Sacramento to about 45 to 45.5% shooting. They shot closer to 50% during the season. And, by the way, the Warriors have never shot this bad. They're shooting 32% from three. They led the NBA in three-point shooting. They're awful. Or you could look at it glass half empty. There's a reason they're shooting so poorly. Because Sacramento's all over them. The refs are in the playoffs, give you the whistle. And they've disrupted the offense. 
You could also say Jordan Poole is too inconsistent, too frenetic, too immature, and the team no longer trusts him. You could say Golden State was awful on the road in the regular season. What's changed? You could say Draymond Green may get kicked out for an entire game in the series. Glass half full, glass half empty. My guess is the Warriors win the next two at home, one of them comfortably. We're even going back to Sacramento. And Wiggins and Gary Payton, with more time in the rotation, evens it out, not quite as turnover-prone and sloppy. But we are watching in a dynasty age in real time. I mean, Clay Thompson now, not the defender he used to be. That was a big part of his game. Steph Curry limps at least once every game. Uh, the young guys aren't ready to take the baton yet. Again, Jordan Poole's too immature. Kaminga's too inconsistent. Moses Moody, not sure he's just ever going to be a starter. So it, it reminds me a little bit of the Patriots at the end when a lot of intellectual capital left the room and guys got older. You know, Brady left, Josh McDaniel, Dante Skarnecchia, you know, and all of a sudden guys get older, you're missing a couple of drafts. You know, the, the Warriors had James Wiseman, they let him go, everybody's getting older, Clay is in his 30s, Steph's in his mid-30s, Draymond's in his mid-30s. We're watching it in real time. It feels a little bit like a baseball dynasty where you make two or three straight long playoff runs in baseball, and then you come back outside of the, you know, after another spring, and nobody has their fastball. Everybody's got fewer fastballs. Used to have 20 a game, now it's down to six for your aces. And I, I kind of feel like we're watching it in real time. Um, and I also think a big part of this is uh, Sacramento is a lot of what Golden State is, but younger. They can go real physical. Golden State was always a much better defensive team than they got credit for. Last year, we talked about the Celtics' D. It was the Warriors' D in the finals that shut down Boston. So Sacramento, we talk about their offense, but they've been very physical, and Steve Kerr noted that after last night's loss. They played better than we did down the stretch. I thought uh, they were more physical tonight. Um, they, it was an incredibly physical game. Um, really, really, um, you know, a lot of... Uh, a lot of physicality, not not much movement, not much freedom of movement out there. So uh, they were the aggressors, and I thought, um, you know, they they benefited from being the aggressors. Uh, by the way, now you go back to the Bay. You go home for Golden State. Now they'll probably get a little bit of the whistle. We talked about this series was going to get a little choppy and physical and feisty because the Kings and the Warriors, the proximity is so close, right? There's a lot of Bay Area fans, Warrior fans around Sacramento, vice versa. There's a lot of fans here. It's going to get feisty. It's going to get physical. It's just been the Kings have been the more physical team. Warriors don't complain about it. Warriors can get chippy too, but the Kings have been the more physical team, and that's why Golden State's three-point shooting has been awful. It'll get better at home. They'll get a couple of home whistles. My guess, glass half full, the Warriors will even it up. But this is an old Warrior team that was bad on the road and played a lot of basketball last year. When everybody else was resting, they were in highly physical series. It's what makes the NBA fun. Not sure how it's going to end. Picked Golden State in six. Not feeling great about the six as of this morning. J-Mac with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. Let me just ask you one thing on uh, 
on Steve Kerr. When you saw him put Moses Moody into the game in the third quarter, what was your reaction? They don't trust Jordan Poole as much as they used to. And also, Clay wasn't playing well. He's trying to get something going here. Yeah. And and again, I, let's let's be honest. So Wiggins and Peyton have just been inserted into the lineup. They didn't play because one had a core issue and, and one had a personal issue. Mm-hmm. So the first game, Wiggins fell apart in the fourth because he was tired. And so now you give him another big cardio game, and then you go home for a couple days rest. My guess, and we talked about this before the series, is that Wiggins and Peyton, as the series goes, will become more effective. But I, we were surprised that Wiggins was as good as he was in game one. He didn't play for two months. So I think the Warriors would have loved Wiggins to come back like six, seven games in the regular season. Mm. But you're watching him now in real time get his wind, get his legs under him. And I think a couple of days off back in the Bay, I think the Warriors, Wiggins and Peyton, they just look really out of rhythm offensively. Yeah. Besides Moody, and that looked almost, I don't want to say desperate, but it was one of those, you know, let's try this, we're out of solutions. They also went to a zone defense in the second half, Colin. A zone, because they couldn't keep Fox and Monk out of the lane. They, Warriors have some problems. This is going to be... <laughs> Anyways. Uh, all right, let's go. Let's stick in the NBA where there is some news on John Morant. Um, this injured hand does not sound good. Adrian Wojnarowski provided a update saying there is, quote, significant doubt Morant will be able to play tomorrow. Grizzlies did luck out and get an extra day in between games. And they have... Listen, they've been decent without Morant oh, yeah. in the last two seasons. Okay. However... Yeah. They're also missing Steven Adams and Brandon Clark. Yeah. That's three of their top seven players. This probably signals the end of the series. Well, my concern is, because Tyus Jones, the backup, is very good. He was a Duke, yeah. led them to a natty. They'll be very competitive in these games. Without jaw, they become less jaw-reliant. Their ball movement's better. They're better defensively sometimes without jaw. Yeah, and sometimes when, when there's a star player injured, the opponent comes in, hey, we're in good shape. At least for a game. Right. Remember Rudy Gobert, who I know people don't love. The Lakers came, went into that game. Oh, we're good. We got this. Rudy's out. They have no depth. Lakers trailed for, like, the bulk of that game. Yeah. So they could come in, like, not with the killer instinct. And the Lakers aren't consistent enough offensively to take a game off. They could go into that game, too, and get and get beat. Yeah. Just Rui's not going to give you that game. The, the, You're not getting that again. Uh, listen, I, I'm, I haven't laid any bets yet, but LeBron props for game two. If you look at what's happening with Kings Warriors, that series probably is going to go seven, we would say, right? Yeah. Imagine if the Lakers can win game two and then go for the sweep at home and get, what, like a week off before the next round. LeBron will have the killer instinct. I would just say keep an eye on LeBron going off in game two. Uh, next up, NFL draft. Oof, this is getting spicy. Ooh, I texted spicy. you one of these earlier this morning, um, nine days away. Yeah. Alabama QB Bryce Young has canceled the rest of his pre-draft meetings. The, he's minus 1,000 now to go first overall. Minus 1,000. He know, um, he, everybody has him ticketed for the Panthers. He knows he's getting picked number one. Why work out? I don't blame him. Agreed. Um, he visited the Panthers last week, and Will Kunkel of Fox Charlotte reported Young was impressive in the process. I think it gets interesting what happens at two, Colin. We all, everybody thinks Bryce Young's going, going one. Um, I think they're going to go for a defensive player. We could spend some time. I'm writing up draft bets for FoxSports.com. Um, Jalen Carter is plus 4,000 to go second overall. 4,000. Okay. Who, who, who do they hire as a coach? D'Amico Ryans. What is he? Defensive guy. Yeah. Look at the contracts of their defensive linemen. Three guys, one-year deals. Yep. It's no. either Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. I, I feel like... Jalen Carter is 
a more unique body type. This draft has three edge rushers in the first 15 picks. There's one Jalen Carter in this right. draft. And I know he had the character concerns, but so did, D'Amico did, Ryans is one of these like player coaches. He's a youngish guy, played defense. You know what? A lot of people at 23 year old at 23 years old. I mean, I, you got to be careful on this stuff. He's Jalen Carter's not a quarterback. Okay, it, it, for all you fanboys who defended Baker Mayfield's immaturity, like. You can't now bang on Jalen Carter. Mm-hmm. Like, Jalen Carter's made mistakes. Jalen Carter is young. Young people make mistakes. I don't know his background that well. But there's one Jalen Carter in this draft. There's a lot of good edge yeah. rushers. And the, the other very strange part, and I'm sure we'll do a lot of this later, is Will Levis is now soaring up draft boards. Oh, boy. The gambling odds, he's increasingly the favorite quarterback but, quarterback to go number two. Okay. So now, I don't know if that means... The Will, I can't imagine Houston takes him, but maybe somebody is going to trade up and something's leaked out of the, the Will Le- Will Levis, to me, is the most fascinating player in the draft. So he has two things that are very important. Mom went to Yale. He's a four-point student. Cognitively, he's done very well in the S2 test. There's no dummies starting in the NFL at quarterback that have real long-term success. Yeah. He's a really smart kid. Like, really smart. Like Peyton Manning smart. Secondly, big arm. That'll get you in trouble, but it can get you out of trouble. Those are two things. Uh, The other thing, he moves pretty good. He's a pocket guy, but he's an athlete. So those are big pluses. The question becomes, why so many interceptions last year? And and so I've I've had two opinions on this. One is, he played with junk his last year. He lost his best receiver, and he's running for his life in the SEC, the best defensive conference. My second one is, maybe he's just a smart guy with bad judgment. I've met those. When he came out with the muscle picks, and I'm like, dude, all the executives in the league are telling me they hate this. There's no bodybuilders who've ever started quarterback. They hate it. So I've got, I'm really mixed on Will. Brain, arm, movement. He didn't play with much at Kentucky his last year. If you go back to Phillip Rivers, who didn't play with a lot of pros, Phillip Rivers, Eli Manning, similarly, didn't play with a lot of pros. Philip and Eli had kind of like the Will Levis situation where they were a one-man offense and they won about the same number of games. I think if I recall, now Eli was obviously better than Will Levis as a prospect, but I, I'm i really mixed on him. There are there are parts of, he has the best arm. I mean, brain, can, arm. Can, can mo- I defend the bathroom selfie? I think uh, there's uh. another layer to it, Colin. What is he, 22, 23 years old, Will Levis? Um, he's been on these guys these young kids have been on social media for a decade now a decade okay they were in middle school on Instagram high school college like isn't that just what the young kids do even if it's a little cringy that's kind of part of their DNA at this point I don't think it's right but it's just kind of maybe how things are I have heard that but I do think there are standards in life that I still think young people the smart young people are not doing selfies with their shirt off in the bathroom. There's a lot of really smart young people. It's the smartest generation of my life. My kids are much smarter than me. Yeah. They're not taking my my son's not taking his shirt off in the in the bathroom. Like it's easy to make excuses and say, well, generationally, a lot of guys did blow in my generation. I didn't. You uh. didn't. <laughs> I, it's, it's easy to just say, well, this generation. Well, what does that mean? You have to be responsible well, for you. We're trying to get inside of his head and understand well, why he's doing I'm not. I'm saying I saw it. It's cringy. And other GMs and, and execs I have talked to are like, eh, that's cringy. Is he into his body? I mean, kind of the way he walks. Look, he's kind of a little bit cocky. He loves his arm. Loves the way he looks. Like, dude, give me the face of a franchise. 
Like, it's not about you. It's about the collective. It worries me. It worried me on Baker. It worried me on Johnny Manziel. It worried me on Jameis Winston. I don't know. I think that, the, what was that, running from the cops worried me more about Baker than anything with you know, bathroom yeah. I know. I got, I got heat for saying that. Like, that's literally what fanboys do in college. So, But I will say this, that if you talk, you know, like fanboys defended Johnny Manziel oh. forever and Jameis forever and Baker forever. I've, I've had people in Kentucky reach out and say, yeah, those are not... Those are legitimate concerns. Like, he loves to show his arm off. Some of those picks are like, man, I got a can. It's a little bit. Of, you know what You know what reminds me of a little Uh-oh. bit? Here we go. It's a little Brett Favre. It's a little gunslingery. Favre had such a good arm. He loved to show it off. You know, like they say, if you have a great singing voice, you'll sing in the car, you'll sing in the shower. You've been given, you know, the great voice. Will's got a great arm and loves to show it off. And that can get you in big trouble. Mahomes has a great arm. Aaron Rodgers had a great arm. Yeah, Mahomes was. They don't show it off. Throwing the football out out of the stadium, literally out of the stadium. But they don't. Remember? But it's funny. Mahomes and Rodgers have a great arm, but for something in their personality, they don't need to show it off. Mahomes and and Rodgers throw very few interceptions. Favre had a big arm, needed to show it off. And so it just like you are what you are. I worry about a kid that with a cannon gun show that just loves that. That's a total turnoff to me. All right, final story. Uh, I I think this will be a turnoff as well. Aaron Rodgers, no movement on this Jets deal, right? Mm. Still don't know anything. No mm. chatter at all, Colin. And interestingly, according to an anonymous NFL executive, the Titans have reached out to the Green Bay Packers. Just in case a deal with the Jets falls through. Now, I do, before I ask you, what's all what's this about? This is from NFL Media. An anonymous NFL executive from NFL aka NFL Network. If you go to their website, this story's on there. Well. Who has what, incentive to plant this story? What was the team that I initially yeah. thought he would go to? Tennessee. Okay. So I don't think it's crazy. Tennessee's really? not gonna compete in the AFC with Ryan Tannehill. Mm-hmm. You're not going to compete. I, I don't disagree with that. So, And they've got a really good defense and a really smart coach. So let me go next level on you. Maybe conspiracy theory. Okay. We're I nine like days to the draft. Oh, love those. Remember, this deal should get done so the Packers get that Jets second-round pick in the trade. All of a sudden, the trade's not happening. Jets, they've got the power. They're just holding firm. If you're the Packers, what do you need to, you know, maybe recharge those talks? Hey, look at the... Titans, they're waiting here. Jets, the Titans, we, we got them. We got them on the line. Jets, you better act quickly. Is this the Packers planting a story to get this deal done so the Packers get a second round? Pick? I think that's a very solid take. I like it. I like that take. That's very one of your be- that's one of your rare. better takes. Oh. I don't consider that a conspiracy theory. I think that's a uh, business practice, which happens in our business, the NFL, every business. You're being you're 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 you're, you're not picking up the phone. I'm just gonna plant something to the media, and maybe you'll start picking up the phone. Very good, McIntyre. Like that. All right, I'll take well, it. Now you're you're really coming into your own the last couple of <laughs> minutes. Uh, J Mac with the news. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The herd lie news. See, you're such a Jets fan. Your brain goes to that, but in this instance, you're probably right. It's a good. It's a good. But I think Tennessee. I don't know if um, no state tax. Uh, nice weather. Smart coach. Good defense. And also. Uh, in that division, Houston's a little wonky. Indy's wonky. 
Um, and, and Tennessee has a history, unlike the Jets, a recent history of winning a lot of games, winning a division. So I, I think I think Mike Vrabel is one of the five, six best coaches in football. You cannot win right now in the AFC with Tennessee's offense. And reportedly, they're out on Malik Willis. I've read that two or three times. They're, he was that quarterback from Liberty. Uh, reportedly, like, something happened. They're just kind of like they don't see him as a starter in the NFL. So there's something there. Well, keep your eye on it. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. This is Steve Covino. And Rich Davis. And together we are Covino and Rich. Covino and Rich. Thanks, buddy. Uh, that's right. Covino and Rich, Fox Sports Radio's newest hit show. Heard weekdays from 5 to 7 Eastern, 2 to 4 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Every Covino and Rich show is available as a podcast. Just search Covino and Rich wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe. I'm such a rockin' dude. The show features our unique take on sports, injected with some fun, humor, and relatability. Listen to Covino and Rich five days a week on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Covino and Rich, give me a hell yeah! Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The 2023 USFL season continues Saturday 
as the Memphis Showboats take on the Birmingham Stallions at 7 p.m. Eastern on Fox. Then on Sunday, it's the Michigan Panthers versus the Philadelphia Stars, also at 7 Eastern on FS1. I saw this story. Uh, Jamison Hensley, uh, I think, covers the Ravens a lot. He said, Jalen Hurts' five-year contract extension with Philly looks very similar to the offer Lamar Jackson turned down in September, which was reported by Schefter and Mort, Chris Mortensen, you know, at the time. So Hertz was offered 255. Jackson was offered 250. The guaranteed money for Hertz was 179. The guaranteed money for Jackson was 175. And Lamar turned it down and Hertz signed it. And everybody get that this morning. I don't care about trophy rooms. Nobody cares. Hertz is better. He's healthier. He's still ascending. And I think, actually, he's got better leadership intangibles, and he's quiet. He's a grown-up. Jalen Hurts is getting better every year. Just went toe-to-toe with Mahomes in a Super Bowl. Lamar Jackson has been fading since his MVP. And with Jalen Hurts, and this matters a lot, and I've said it, and I've never been wrong on this, noisy quarterbacks eventually are trouble. Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson. They get noisy. Jay Cutler at the end got real noisy. You know who's not noisy? Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, Josh Allen. They're not noisy. It matters. Baker Mayfield has to win the press conference every Wednesday. Doesn't work. I said it. You argued. Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston. Got to be funny. How about being a grown-up? So Jalen Hurts, I mean, you will start, a team will embody what the quarterback is. And here's a great example. When you think Kansas City, they're fun, they're loose, they're clever. That's Mahomes. Cincinnati, got kind of a quiet swagger. That's Burrow. That's Burrow. Uh, There's a toughness, a physicality to the Bills. That's Josh Allen. And there is in Philadelphia... An all-business, head-down, football-matters-most mentality. That's Jalen Hurts. This was a hot-and-cold franchise with Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is a hot-and-cold personality and quarterback. Since Jalen Hurts arrived, football, focus, 24-7, all-business. That is Jalen Hurts. You become, you emulate your quarterback. You become part of their personality. And so Baltimore last year, what have they become in the last year with Lamar Jackson? Noisy, unconventional, not sure what you're getting week to week. So if the story is true and Mort and Schefter are highly accurate, I know both. Basically, they were offered the same deal. Jalen Hurts figured it out. I'll take a little bit less and win football games. And I would take Jalen Hurts today. Now, I said this yesterday, and I've said this before. J-Mac and I agreed yesterday. I would have loved to have seen another year with Jalen Hurts without Shane Steich and the brilliant offensive coordinator. But, you know, timing in life, because he was drafted in the second round, Philadelphia's like, well, we got to make a decision here pretty quick. Let's just get it wrapped up. I don't think it's a bad decision. I thought they would probably want another year. But... If Lamar was offered the same deal, once again, I have question marks about Lamar Jackson's judgment. This is a really good contract. You're set for life. Your family, 
your friends, you're set for life. Hertz got it. Now he can get all that money stuff out of the way and concentrate on football. Lamar Jackson is suddenly obsessed with Deshaun Watson's contract. Judgment matters for that position. And so I was thinking about this um, watching the Warriors last night. And I gave this some thought. So, so we saw a 20-year, it was two like eight-year dynasties, right? Like with the Patriots. But the Patriots were, I never thought the most talented team, but they were the smartest, the most efficient, the most strategic. And I don't think the Warriors dynasty, they've always been the most talented team. They've never had like a dominating guy. Uh, you know, their star doesn't, not a great defender staff. Uh, sometimes they've had a bench, sometimes not as much. Uh, this year has been hot and cold, bad on the road. They've never had a dominant scoring big. But I think they've been the smartest, like New England, the most strategic and the most adaptable. The Patriots and the Warriors are sort of a thinking man's dynasty. And But but in New England, what happened? Uh, Josh McDaniels, Dante Scarnecchia, Tom Brady left. A lot of intellectual capital left the building. And then Bill is kind of tone deaf to offense, and suddenly they're not very good. And now Kansas City, the, the Chiefs, as the league is pivoted to offense, who's the smartest team in the league now? The most strategic. It's Kansas City with Mahomes and Andy Reid and Brett Veach. They're the ones now that use Juju Smith-Schuster for a year and then let New England overpay. Tyreek Hill, bye-bye. Let's get draft picks and 10 rookies play. So as New England, I believe, as the league has changed, old New England has been supplanted as the smartest team in the league by the Chiefs. So is Sacramento got a little Kansas City Chiefs going on here? Mike Brown comes from the Warriors. Uh, their general manager taught under Daryl Morey. Also, high IQ players. Harrison Barnes, quiet, understated, high IQ. De'Aaron Fox, by the way, has been on this show multiple times. Really bright. Sabonis, dad played in the NBA. So you've got a GM who learned under one of the smartest analytic guys in the league, Daryl Morey. You've got a coach who's been around LeBron James. He's been around the Warriors and their functionality. And now you've got a highly efficient team. And De'Aaron Fox has a little Mahomes. Late in games, best in the league. De'Aaron Fox was the best fourth quarter closer in the NBA. Best guard, ball in his hands, point guard in the NBA fourth quarter. Who's the best quarterback in the NFL fourth quarter? It was Elway growing up, and now it's Mahomes. And so I, I, I think Sacramento's got some qualities that remind me a lot of the Chiefs and the Warriors, whereas they're great offensively, but now you're seeing them in a series, and they're getting physical and pushing the Warriors around. And we talk about Kansas City's offense, but when you watch them in big games, it's like Steve Spagnola, they get a pass rush, nobody can block Chris Jones. They're always a little better situationally, defensively than you think. And I think Sacramento's got some real qualities here that you see in dynasties. Really smart upstairs, uh, a coach who comes from a winning organization, your point guard is not out of control. Like sometimes Westbrook's out of control and Kyrie's moody. De'Aaron Fox, baller, intelligent, great late. No nonsense, no drama, 
Like, there's a lot here with Sacramento to like. They got a banger inside in Sabonis. They got smart, understated veterans. They have drafted and developed a couple of players very, very well that can play on the defensive end. They've got their Mahomes. They've got their star. They've got their Curry. A really smart leader. Gets them in and out of trouble. Great late. So a lot of things here with Sacramento that are fundamentally what dynasties start to look like a couple of years before they become dynasties. Even Steve Kerr admitted this offensive showcase was the more physical team last night. They played better than we did down the stretch. I thought uh, they were more physical tonight. Um, they, it was an incredibly physical game. Um, really, really, um, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of physicality, not, not much movement, not much freedom of movement out there. So um, they benefited from being the aggressors. I'm not saying the Kings are going to be a, a dynasty, but in my lifetime, I've said this in the NBA, intelligence is so underrated. It's always about, you know, who's got the handles and who can jump. You go back and look at that Heatles team. Battier, Wade, Haslam, LeBron, Ray Allen. It's one of the smartest teams ever assembled. Warriors team, one of the smartest teams ever assembled. Shaq's on TV. Kobe won an Oscar. Uh, Derek Fisher. That, those Laker teams. A lot of brain power. You go back and look at the tough guy Pistons. Lambeer became a coach. Mahorn was Mahorn a coach. Joe Dumars. A lot of guys. Isaiah. A lot of guys became coaches, analysts, executives. Uh, you start looking around at the NBA, and when these dynasties are just starting to form, do they have a tough guy? They do. Do they have a great closer and a really smart, understated offensive guy who doesn't need the drama, doesn't care about shoe deals? He's all business. They've got De'Aaron Fox. You know, it took, no, never forget, it took Steph Curry a couple of years to find his right running mate. From the time he went to Davidson to the time he got to the finals was like eight years. Is this De'Aaron Fox's like fifth year in the league? Now he's starting to get some running mates. Now the GM under Daryl Morey, the analytics, he's starting to get help. But you watch him play the Warriors and they're outsmarting him and they're out, out toughing him. Like that's... That, it's not like they're just flying over them and it's like, no, they're, they're more physical. They're better late in games. They're brain power. They're manipulating Golden State late. That's what dynasties look like. Now you just got to draft and develop and get De'Aaron Fox another elite level score. Find him a Clay Thompson. It's not easy, but it's they, they, they've got some things, as you've been on this now for about six months, they got a couple of things you look at and you're like, brain power wins championships. The Patriots were never the most talented team. I love Fox coming out of college. Colin, I'm going to ask you a tough question about current NBA point guards. Who would you rather have? Okay, don't I know recency bias because Fox played last night, but the media and the fans love John Morant. Would you take oh, John no, no, Morant? No, 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 De'Aaron Fox. Okay. Just want to be clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's a lot of John Morant fanboys out no, there. Dr oh, he can fly through the He's air. He's 174 pounds, hurt a lot, and some drama that worries me. That's, some that, drama? That, that's not even close. That's De'Aaron Fox. Okay. I thought you were going to go Donovan Mitchell. That's a little tougher. Oh, that's a tougher. That's a little tougher. Yeah. Hour two next. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. 
Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.